Welcome to the Plexus Education Leadership Podcast Series. Today we have our guest, Superintendent Tom Burton from the Princeton City School District in Cincinnati, Ohio. Princeton City School District recently won the 2023 High School Girls Basketball Championship in their division, a tremendous achievement. High school sports is just one of the areas celebrated by Superintendent Burton. He is in his final year as superintendent, spanning an education career of over 36 years. After retirement, he will serve as an educational consultant and stay very involved and energized by his passion for student success. Welcome, everyone, to the Plexus Education Leadership Podcast. I'm David Linevers, Vice President of the Plexus Foundation, and your host. And today I have with us Superintendent Tom Burton from Princeton City <laughs> School District. Yes. <laughs> Go Cavaliers, or should I say Bengals or Browns? Uh, you could say anything Cleveland, and I'll answer to it. <laughs> Being a Cleveland guy, that'll be fine. From right outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. And as I was sharing with Tom earlier, Ohio is very near and dear to me. My parents grew up there, cousins, family. I mean, so much legacy through Ohio and generations of Linovers in Ohio. It's, it's pretty pretty cool place and such an incredibly diverse state as well. I mean, when you think about Cleveland versus Cincinnati, I mean, how different are those two ends of the state? You, you know, you would think they're not as different as they are, though. Um, it wasn't too long ago where I think Cleveland, it was like 18 degrees and Cincinnati was 55. So <laughs> that was uh, that was super nice to be living in Cincinnati that day. Uh, but in terms of the in terms of the people, you know, the people are great both places. Being a lifelong Clevelander and moving down to Cincinnati or right outside of Cincinnati eight years ago, it definitely was an adjustment. Um, but people say that people in Cleveland, a little bit more New Yorkish, I guess, with the directness of conversation where True. Cincinnati, everybody's so darn nice down here. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing, David, how polite and courteous. And not that people aren't polite and courteous in Cleveland. They just sometimes... Um, you know, a little bit more direct with their, with their politeness, I guess. A little more Southern influence with the politeness and the oh, hospitality. Down in Cincinnati for sure. Yes. Yeah. People down here are delightful. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, it's true. It, every place you go is different. And I'm sure you found that just with the families in the area. And cause you've been there eight years now. Eight years. Yes, sir. I mean, that's quite a ride, but 36 years, you corrected me earlier, not 35, 36 years. Give me that extra year. <laughs> Don't be taking away a year now. No, you earned it. You earned it. Yeah. When, when you look back at your, your time in education, you think about your first day in the classroom versus now. I mean, obviously, this, the landscape of education has changed and it continues to change. And as superintendent, you're an agent in change. Like, what do you see? How do you, when you look back at yourself, what do you see in yourself at that point versus now? Well, uh, I'm just glad to remember my first day. I'm so old now. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you know what is funny? Because I, I've told the story before that, you know, as a first year teacher, you think you literally know everything. Well, not, maybe not everybody does, but I think the vast majority of people, you know, they, because they went to college for four years, they feel pretty learned. Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, I was ready for the world that I didn't realize what I did not know. And I think that's one of the gifts um, later on in my career is that 
I just realized how, uh, I guess, unimportant I really was. It wasn't about me. It was about, and is always about the kids, about mm. the staff that we get to work with. And, uh, you know, again, as a young teacher and a coach and, you know, coaching multiple sports and trying to really help influence, you know, every win and loss was huge in the classroom. If a, a student was having a bad day, sometimes I had a bad day because of it. And then as you mature, you just realize it really isn't about you. And, and when you do that, I think there's much more patience that you have to be able to kind of deal with the ups and downs in education. Yeah, that's a really good point. You switching from it's about me to it's about something bigger than me and something different. For sure. And now as you as you roll into a whole other phase, I mean, the the in between. I heard somebody say one time it was um, they were talking about the dash between your life, right? Everything happens in that space between. Yep. Um, so you were. What was the first subject you taught when you first rolled in? Well, I did health and phys ed, and then I also tutored math and science. Okay. And, so uh, math, science, and health and phys ed. That's an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it's funny because uh, all I had to do was sign a piece of paper, sign a piece of paper to actually have my science uh, certification. Okay. And, but I did not want to walk up, which would have been about 250 yards, to be able to sign a sheet of paper. I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> Uh, young, young and dumb. And I really uh, look back at that as a huge mistake because I love science yeah. and uh, love Newton's laws and really trying to uh, affect, um, you know, so many kids' lives. And, you know, science and math are, are yeah. not necessarily people's favorite classes. So when you actually had them, when I was tutoring some of those subjects, when you had kids uh, hanging on every word, man, that was that was magical. That's very cool. That's very, and you coached. What sports did you I did. coach? I did football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, a couple of them. So you've done a bunch. I did. I girls did. and boys or just boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, both boys and girls basketball. Uh, okay. Football, uh, boys baseball. And then uh, volleyball was strictly uh, girls. I did it at a collegiate level, but also at high school, mm. a couple different stints. And then I coached junior Olympic volleyball. I mean, and it, it's interesting because I've talked to other superintendents have been coaches, and it definitely seems to be many of them have been coaches. And do you find that that experience influence how you work with your team, how you encourage them, and your energy levels too? Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think one of the one of the biggest things to to take away from coaching is that you know you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. That whole failing and then failing forward. And knowing that, okay, today's a new day and you can kind of take it on. Uh, there's always another day, which is like another game, if you will. Right. So right. To, That's true. Yeah. Being able to kind of take some of the skills learned coaching and apply it to leadership, I think is really critical. That's a really good point. And you do get to know your um, teammates and the people that are you know, playing for you really well. I mean – you see them struggle. You see their ups and downs. You, you see them when they're really excited. And then sometimes you just walk in and you have a bad day. Some days there's just not a good day. And sometimes just a great day. I'm sure you see that in your district all the time. Yeah. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm blessed though. I have an unbelievable leadership team. Mm. I'm privileged to be able to work with each and every day. Uh, we push each other. We lift each other. 
And that I think is the key is that you have to have a comfort level with dissension. And uh, we do. And I think that's that leading with vulnerability is really important. Yeah. And, and I'm, again, I'm just very, very blessed to have an unbelievable leadership team. I love to hear that. I mean, you have so much looking through your Twitter feed. There's so much you're celebrating all the time. And I know he shared that before when we were talking, but it got me excited to see everything that's happening and, and just how all everything you did was focused on the kids. I mean, I know that's, it's true, but just to see it and to see the celebration with the wrestling and the sports, and the music, and you know, your, your, your rotary award winners. I mean, you name it. And I like that you covered such a wide array of those celebrations in addition to the non-awardees who are being celebrated as well, right? All everything in between. And it was, it really was awesome to see. I, I had a, I had a cool sense. I'm like, I think this guy's got a lot of energy for what he does and loves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. just my take. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. 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 I I've um, one speed and people laugh one speed and that's go. Right. <laughs> just to kind of <laughs> try to, try to get things done. Uh, but yeah, you know, at Princeton, we're so, I mean, our kids are amazing. You want to be able to create these opportunities for kids because they like thirst for them. And I love the fact, the eclectic nature of what we represent in our district with opportunities, both athletically, uh, co-curricular activities, as well as our music department, which is so amazing. Uh, and literally, the list goes on and on. We have a great chess club and we have a uh, hope squad and we have all kinds of different activities throughout the district. And, you know, it's funny, not too long ago, our boys basketball team won the district championship. Our girls won the regional championship and we had a wrestler qualified for state. <sighs> I said, uh, put those three things out. I'm like, what a great day it is to be a Viking. And yeah. somebody texted me and they're like, Hey, what about indoor track? Cause indoor track had the state championship. Good point. So we finished third and it's, very tough relay. So we finished third in the four by two. And then we had two girls. We had our sixth place finisher and an eighth place finisher. And then it's like, oh, wait, well, what about music? Mr. <laughs> oh, wait, what about that? So, you know, every single day, you just don't know, uh, you know, all the different opportunities. And we had DECA, which is a marketing program that same day that we had 12 kids that qualified for state. So, I mean, it was oh, just fantastic. incredible. Um, and again, you know, you want to recognize and show your appreciation for the hard work of the student athletes, the competitors, and especially the coaches who work yeah. tirelessly. You're right. Cause all of those different things have coaches to them, DECA, right? Oh, all coaches, advisors. Yeah. And they work like crazy. The marketing teams. Yep. It's true. It's true. My, my, um, daughter, she went to the state choir california state choir she auditioned and qualified she's been this kid loves to sing and i just have you know in the district looking at those things and you know as a parent and educator i'm like hey i just want people to know like you said all the different things we have going on in the schools it's unbelievable what happens on the weekends in these schools especially the high schools talk about activities huh oh yeah it seems never stop and, you know, it's, it's Saturday, our girls' basketball team won the state championship. Whoop, whoop. Hey, congrats. That That's huge. At Division Oof. One, so it was awesome that we won. And same day, we had our uh, Education Foundation uh, gala. Mm. So um, started at 530. I was able to stay for a couple hours, and then went right up the road to see us win the state championship <laughs> and come back. But that's not uncommon, uh, yeah. and it's not – 
let me talk about our team. Our team covers events like no one's business. Hmm. So very proud. And in the building level, it's a whole nother um, series of coverages and that stuff. And they're, they're un they literally are everywhere. That's all. Awesome. I mean, it just, we had a high school assistant principal or grade level principal that was in Columbus for the wrestling, then ran over to see the DECA competition, mm. then went back over the wrestling and then came down to basketball the very next day. And that level of commitment is with the high school principal, Ron Balmer, associate Don Stollard, and all the grade level principals do such an amazing job at covering uh, just literally second to none. Oh, that's that's fantastic to hear you celebrating them and their work because they obviously love it and love working with you and love these kids in that district. And you're right. When you're a principal, everyone wants a piece of you, don't they? Come here, come there, recognize this, recognize that, which is fantastic place to be. Well, and Dave Maxim at the middle school and Chris mm -hmm. Rojas Innovation Center, we have eight elementary principals who are all amazing to do great work. Uh, but the legendary person in our district is Dr. Mary Phillips. Okay. 43 years of Princeton, 46 years in education. <laughs> she puts me to shame with energy level. I mean, she is so energetic. And uh, we got her out of retirement eight years ago to help for one year. We've kept her for seven. And her contributions are just, I mean, they're limitless. What she can awesome. do. And I know one of the questions that we talked about uh, earlier that was going to be asked is about a mentor. Yes. And uh, really when I look at like mentorship with those people who advise and who I trust, I get to work with someone every day. Uh, Dr. Mary Phillips, who uh, really uh, is such a great sounding board. She's someone who is very well respected and who's going to be walking away this year like me. Uh, she's going to retire, 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 retire. Seriously. <laughs> Mary, Dr. Mary Phillips. Dr. That's Mary fantastic. Phillips. Incredible. What it, I mean, I know you said her energy levels and keep you inspired. I mean, are you able to just go to her and talk to her and she's like, Hey, you know, here's some ideas, bounce things off of her. Oh yeah. I, and uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is, you know, look, I am who I am, <laughs> good or bad, uh, but I get fired up sometimes. Yeah. And uh, it's usually Mary that gets the first call. With me getting fired up, and she's such a great listener. And then, yeah. you know, after I kind of process it, I'm like, okay, Mary, I'm good. And sometimes she just listens, and other times she says, "Now, Tom, do you think you really want to say that?" <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want to say it because I'm just venting. And then other times I'm like, yeah, I'm going to say it, and I don't care. But then I don't say it because I've already processed it with her. So, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 super fortunate in that respect, and we have. Tremendous relationship with my wife and her husband. We're all mm -hmm. you know, very, very uh, good friends. And when you're able to do that, it, you know, the time passes quickly and you're doing great work for the benefit of kids and staff. So, I mean, just amazing. I, that's absolutely wonderful to hear. I mean, to have that sounding board, to have those people you trust and especially the connections, you know, as couples makes such a difference to be able to be together, celebrate, and then just move forward with those things. It's huge. That's huge. And, you know, as professionals, especially superintendents, which I've heard many, many times during these podcasts, is it can be lonely as far as needing to just talk, right? Because 
without being overanalyzed or critiqued or just like just working through things like people do to come up with the best decision, the best way to say it, and to change just how people see everything that way. It sounds like as a superintendent, you must have had so many opportunities to do those kinds of things in the midst of figuring out how, how can I get this message across in the best possible way to people. Yeah, and I have to say to my my colleagues in and around Southwest Ohio, but all also mm-hmm. through the state and country, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a really nice nucleus of people who I can reach out to uh, from a superintendent perspective. Some who've been a superintendent much longer than me, some who just got in the game, but I respect them all the same. And it's just, it's amazing to be able to have that sounding board. I will tell you this, and I'm a little bit different than a lot of people because I say that, I mean, we as superintendents every once in a while, we, we whine during COVID. We whine <laughs> about things we could not control. Right. And, and I would say things like, you know, look, we signed up for this leadership gig and because we're leaders, like you have to be a leader when it's when bad times and when it's good times. And That's we true. couldn't control it. And we would whine. And I would say, look, we are here to be able to impact the future yeah. with the kids and the staff that we're working with. Good point. We have to lead the way. We have to be positive. We have to be encouraging. There are people whose family members have been lost. Some of our family members have been lost due to COVID. Or, you know, they died either with COVID or from COVID. And the fact of the matter is during that time, it was so, I mean, it was horrific time in our country, but it took leaders to get us through. And we are those leaders. And so I feel like uh, the whole cathartic conversation that initially started with superintendents became a whining session. I'm just being honest. I know some people aren't going to like that. (laughs) It's true. You guys know when you look at it, that's what happened. True. It's true. And, and, you know, some of us really kind of pushed on each other and just said, okay, yes. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah. So you're, you have staff that's out and what are you going to do about it? So talking about it, talking about the problem is not getting to a solution. Right. I feel like uh, so many of my colleagues really helped the conversation get to solution based instead of problem based. I like that. I know proactive solutions. I used, I used to say that with my team, proactive, positive solutions. Like, we know what the problem is. Let's fix it. And if we can't fix it, then we'll shelve that one and do something else. Like, Because sometimes you can't fix things, which you know, uh, and sometimes you can. And you know, I love that you're, you're highlighting your communication team because I, I hear that over and over again with the Superintendent Podcast is communication, 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 communication. I mean, it's through you know, written video pictures, you're up front interacting and it's, it's at all levels, all levels. And and we're so fortunate. Trisha Roddy, who's been our director of communication. She used to have like 22 titles. Now we got it down (laughs) to just director of communications. She's amazing. And I think there's a consistency with how we put out information. That's really, really important. Um, Our Instagram, our Twitter, Everything's hashtag Viking diff. So we curate all that information. So for anybody that wants to learn a little bit more about Princeton, if you just go to hashtag Viking diff on Twitter, you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of different activities that you, I think, I think it's going to warm your heart. Um, so I like that. I think, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, David, the, the communication is absolutely critical. And I feel like 
uh, you know, Trisha with her leadership, she's done an amazing job. She has wonderful people that work with her in all the buildings. And, uh, you know, we're not perfect, but we work really hard to communicate effectively and efficiently. That's fantastic. And do you get a chance to go and sit with, I don't know, just say the high school students and hear what they're thinking, what they're talking about, what, what their concerns are worried about. And that came to mind because there's um, uh, superintendent Bernier, Dr. B, they call him down in Lee County. Um, he, he's visiting all of his high schools, like all, I don't know, it's a huge district. So however many they are, but he's, he's listening to what they're saying. And what's cool about it is, you know, he's not new with this either, right? Is seeing him change as a result of these conversations. Do you get to have those regularly with the students as well? Yeah, I'm very, very visible. I, I'm in mm-hmm. our schools all the time. And, um, you know, it's funny that, um, you know, there's probably, there's not a school that I haven't been in recently. Um, and, you know, getting in and around, we have let's talk, let's talk sessions. Okay. Kids at all the grade levels, uh, all the schools to be able to understand where they're at. Uh, Trisha's involved with that. Dr. Mary Phillips is as well. I pop in every once in a while when I can. But the biggest thing to me is a student voice. Mm. And student voice, you know, we talk about it, but, you know, earlier you talked about being out there and being seen. And, yeah. and that's proven on Twitter and on Instagram and that you can see that we're out there. And, uh, you know, I'm always uh, kind of reflective in the fact that people used to say, just listen to what I have to say. And I'm like, no, I don't want to listen. I want to watch. And it's not what right. you say, it's what you do. Right. And so really, when you look at the curation of social media posts of some of the videos we've done and so forth, you'll see kind of the story of Princeton. It's about creating equitable opportunities for our students. And when you look you'll be able to see that that's exactly what we have. We have a plethora of opportunities for kids to be uber successful. And it's not just sports and it's not just the fine arts. It's business. It's chess. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on with different activities. So our students can find a pathway that they want to get involved with to be successful, to ultimately prepare them for college career and life success. I mean, that's huge. And, you know, I know I mentioned your Twitter feed, but it was, it was fun to look at because you had inspiring quotes. You had stats about what happens to women in this world, uh, Black History Month, the inventors. I mean, you name it, it was there. And it was, like I said, it was such a cool mixture of, of different things. And I, I just, and I know I said this before, but I, I get the sense that you really get inspired by everything around you to keep moving forward every day, that that energizes you and doesn't tire you out. Yeah, I, I, I used to say that, you know, <laughs> I get inspired by anything. I see a stop sign. It says stop. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so inspired to stop and reflect about life, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. but, but, yeah, I mean, and you know what the thing is, like, you, you know, when you're in this business and, you know, I have I have some days that just, whew, there there are days that I, uh, you know, don't want to relive. Right. But on those days, I really try to be very intentional to get into schools and be reminded of why I do what I do uh, to be with kids. And I'm so proud of what we've been able to do. And again, you know, Princeton is about 80 percent students of color, 70 percent economic mm. advantaged and just a beautiful tapestry of diversity. 
and our kids work so hard and you want to create these opportunities for our kids. And, you know, we, we were 535th in the state of Ohio in terms of student growth and school district that looks like us, we actually went all the way up to number 11. So when you look at the academic growth, that was huge. And, uh, it's fantastic. Around us, when you look at the top 20 or so, you don't see a lot of districts that look like us in terms of diversity or uh, you know, economic conditions. And I'm really, really proud of the staff. Our teachers are unbelievable. They work so hard, mm-hmm. so extra. Our staff does the same thing. Our guidance counselors. I mean, it goes all the way down to school nurses, right. bus drivers, custodians, food service. I know everybody talks about that. But we are there out, and I'm telling you, in our schools, the work that people do, I mean, it, they do a yeoman's job. And I feel like, you know, I'm just kind of this humble little servant. And when I'm around, I try to help out the best that I can. And I get inspired by the staff and the teachers for what they yeah. do. I love hearing you celebrate the students and the staff, those interactions, because it really does take a village to raise a village of these kids. I mean, the parents and the communities, but we trust bringing our kids to school. Right. And you, uh, but also as a parent, I know for myself and others, I'm sure you have ways you, the parents are involved and supporting and you get to see them and hear from them too. And, and just share the love of the kids. Like seeing the parents cheer for that state championship game must have been crazy fun to watch. Just yeah, I know yeah. I'm using that as an example, but that's like a whole nother level. No, it, 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 listen, that, that night was so special. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we talk about the fact that a whole community came out to support what we were doing and, and the students did as well. And it, <laughs> it awesome. was just, it was just amazing. So, yeah, we, you know, we celebrate the parents. Uh, you know, we try to get them as engaged as possible. We had the second cups of coffee that yeah. we have parents come in. We have superintendent advisory councils where, where I get a lot of great input from parents and community members. We have a business partnership breakfast. We have 518 business partners who really do a wonderful job with that. Tanya Key, Anna Martinez, and, and again, Trisha Roddy. Mm. Yeah. Such a great job coordinating everything with Rebecca McGowan, who's our amazing uh, DECA advisor and, and business teacher at the high school. And, you know, it's so funny that like when I look at what it is that we do, uh, you know, I talk about creating these equitable opportunities, but it wasn't even that long ago when kids came up with other ideas and we were like trying to like rack our brain. How is that going to work? Right. We had this beautiful uh, Hispanic heritage festival and kids were like, can we do a cultural festival? What what can we do? And we have some of those that are going on in elementary school, but the kids want to build it and do something bigger. And I love that about our kids that they feel comfortable enough to express their voice. And in the absence of voice, there's going to be problems. It's true. And you always want to allow students and staff to express their voice. I love that. I mean, you let them be entrepreneurial. It's true, like yeah. sitting and listening and watching. And I mean, that that watch example, I mean, total side note, I remember I got this award from my team in admissions. I was the director for a long time and they called me Ties on Friday. That was my award. And, and they said that because you're always, they were like you, they were like, I was like, you was always ready to go. I'm ready. If I get called on to show up, present, whatever, I'm always ready. 
and just want to be energetic and excited about the work we get to do every single day. That's awesome. So you have, um, when you look at, I know as you roll out the next three to five years for your district, what do you see happening? What, what, what do you see like at things that are in motion now that are going to come to fruition after you roll off? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we know, even though we've had some great success, is that we can, should, and need to get better. Mm-hmm. And I think that attitude is is going to stay. It's permeated through the district. In That's fact, uh, earlier I uh, had a conversation with some staff members, and they had a lot to celebrate. And they were celebrating. They said, but we know we can get better. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine used to always say, you don't have to be sick to get better. And oh, I like that. that. I think that we as a people in the, in our country need to understand that you can always get better. You could always grow. You could always do things differently. That's and true. that is what I think drives us. And I think that can, that can do attitude will still be here in three to five years to look for creative, innovative ways to create these equitable opportunities for each student, regardless of race or gender or handicap condition or ethnicity. We, we have to do more. And especially in this ever-changing world of technology, when you know it's impossible to predict what's going to happen in five years, what technology is going to exist. And right now, the big thing is AI and chat GPT, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of funny to me because that's been around for a long, long time. When you look at programs like Wolf from Alpha, which was around for a long time, uh, they would actually compute math problems and give you step-by-step <laughs> ways to be able to solve them. And I know people worried about that. And you have people that say, well, we have to really, you know, crank down on, on AI and, and don't let cell phones in schools because kids are going to cheat. And my response always is kids never cheated before. Yeah. Like they just wrote it down. Right? Yeah. So it's not about the kids, what they're going to do cheating wise it's about what we're going to do as teachers to engage kids so much yes. so they're, they're not going to even want to cheat they're not going to need to cheat because they're going to know and we get so worried in education about what's coming next that we have to we we get paralyzed you know we call it the analysis paralysis of yes. analysis and um i think princeton is still going to be creative and innovative and pushing the envelope and making sure that each kid feels comfortable and safe and there that's what's going to happen in three to five years. I like that. I like that. Cause you're at the culture that you've built, which takes years. It's not overnight. And the team that are part of that, that believe in the same vision and values are huge, huge, yeah, always that, striving, always striving. I love it. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's going to be a difficult part of walking away is not seeing the students and staff, and, uh, you know, but knowing that the place, Princeton's in a great place and they're going to find a superintendent that's going to be better, that's going to take them to new levels. And and I tell you, I, I live in the district. I'm going to stay in the district and uh, I will love to go someplace and see somebody and have them look at me and say, weren't you like in the district at some role? <laughs> because the next person, uh, her or him is going to do so much more uh, for kids that they're going to forget about me. That actually yeah. would be awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that makes a lot of sense in the midst of everything you've had the opportunity to just engage with and learn from and just 
the honor to be a part of. I mean, I always love to say it when I talk to the superintendents. Like, it's such an honor for me to hear you talk about everything you get to do every day and that you're doing it. Like the amount of things that you juggle and the team members who you work with who handle those things at such high professionalism and, you know, love of the kids. It, it truly is a remarkable environment that you've been able to be a part of. You know, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. And you're hundred percent accurate. You know, um, I'm a, I used to say that I was a voracious reader. I don't read nearly as much as I want to anymore. Uh, but I still get some books done every <laughs> once in a while. And uh, it wasn't too long ago when I was reminded of this great uh, Henry David Thoreau quote in a little known book called Faith in His Seed. Mm. And on page around 48 or so, uh, and it's I think it's on the back cover as well, uh, he's quoted as saying, um, though I do not believe a plant will spring up where no seed has been, convince me there is a seed and I'm prepared to expect wonders. Now, maybe not a direct quote, but it's close enough to mm. illustrate the fact that I'm prepared to expect wonders. Convince me there is a seed. Yeah. That seed is a, is a student. And I, every single day, regardless of what happens in life, we should be prepared to expect unbelievable achievement, unbelievable success of our students. I'm prepared to expect wonders, Thoreau says. So let's do that. Let's behave in a manner where wonder happens each and every day. Let's create these opportunities for students where like we get up in the morning, we can't wait to get there. Education is the greatest profession in the world. Being able to lead an organization is incredible. Those jobs are jobs that we should not take lightly. And we should all understand that on a bad day, guess what? You're needed. You're needed on a bad day. That's true. On a good day, you may not necessarily be needed because everything's running smoothly. Yeah. Leadership reveals its head at the darkest hour, a lot of the times. And you saw a lot of people and they took the helm during COVID. They take the helm during horrific situations and they run with it and they do wonderful things. Leadership reveals its head during the darkest hour. A lot of times. That's true. That's very true. And I love the expect wonders from these seeds that are students, like amazing, amazing opportunities. Hey, you know, the time goes by so fast. I think I say that every time I just have to, because it's just, it's like, you just get going and there's so much more. And I think that's the piece that I love about what you said about, you know, I'm prepared to accept wonders from that seed, like that quote, because it's every little seed that's planted is going to bloom in a whole different way. You just don't know. You don't know when or how, or who's going to bloom when that does, but you know, it's going to happen at some point and to be at the helm of, you know, your district and to be a teacher and a coach and to see those different pieces come together. I mean, what an incredible experience to have that. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I, I've been blessed. I just want to leave you guys with this. If it's okay. Very quickly. Yes. Um, you know, my, my mom and dad are both lifelong educators and, and mm -hmm. they did their best to provide these wonderful opportunities for my sister, Sally, who's a teacher, and my uh, other sister, Betsy, who swore she wasn't going to go into education, and then she didn't. She wasn't <laughs> a teacher or a coach, but she turned out to uh, actually be in charge of educational loans to help kids go to college. So <laughs> she 
you know, it's just, it's just in our blood, but That's true. Uh, our, our mother was so unbelievably motivational to each and every one of us for different reasons, but conceptually all the same. She had this saying of PMA, positive mental attitude. That's what she talked about all the time. And unfortunately, um, she ended up going to the hospital after thinking she had a stroke, mm. but us knowing that she was okay, because she's been cancer free for 12 years at that point, And uh, just everything was okay. Yeah. Yeah. She told me, don't even worry about coming to the hospital. But I did. And as soon as I walked in the hospital door, the doctor, I could still feel his presence right behind me right now. And he said, you got to get your, your younger sister on the phone right now. <sighs> what he showed us was a scan and cancer had riddled her mom's body. Oh my goodness. Now, we were told, and she was told for 12 years, she was cancer free. So while that happened was <sighs> so terrible, I will say as a uh, little public announcement for everybody, a PSA, uh, public service announcement to please make sure you do the most invasive cancer checks possible. Uh, don't believe them when they say the doctors that cancer free Unfortunately, we lived it. We did not do all the screenings and all that. We should have done more invasive ones to, to catch it earlier. Uh, but my mom, literally on her deathbed, the last thing I heard her say was, I love you. The second last thing I heard her say was, Tommy, in life, you're going to make lots of mistakes, especially knowing you. You're going to make lots of mistakes. <laughs> and we can eat ourselves up with the decisions that we yeah. made, the mistakes, the failures, and so forth. But she says... The next day when you wake up, it's a chance to start anew Damn. and never let yesterday use up today. And that's what I like to leave everybody with is that that whole attitude of never let yesterday use up today. Let's keep forging forward and leading in a positive way to be able to influence the best that we have to offer the future. And that's the students we are blessed to serve. I love that. Well, I appreciate you ending it right there. That's a perfect way. I, I love it. And, and Tom, what a, so nice to meet you. Um, I'm just excited for what you have next. And uh, yeah, we'll get this out to you soon. Be a lot of fun for being able to share this with folks. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks, David. Have a great day, man. Thank you for joining the Plexus High School Leadership Podcast Series. If you'd like more information on this podcast or Plexus, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.